Guys, yo, so we, yeah. the, we live. Let's get let's get right to it. Yo, I was so asking. Everybody on the check-in, man, pardon the, uh, the delay and technical <laughs> difficulties. We live and direct. Work to the Illmatic plaque in the back. I see, that's, I see. That's, 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 Let's let's get right into it. How'd you um how'd you get into hip hop? And I ask that because you wear many hats. Like, you know, you do production, you MC, you an editor, you do visual direction. So you got to handle a lot of different things. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Say the um. What was the question? I how'd you um? How'd you find, yeah. How'd you find your way into hip hop? I. Man, that's a good question. 1984, I, I know what I'm saying. Oh, my mom sent me to see Beastie when I was three years old, or four years old, wow. on, on, in the village. You know what I'm saying? I think the, the theater was on West 8th Street. Because when I got older, when I started going to the village, I remember the theater. And then when I came home, son, that shit changed my life. I started breakdancing. I thought I was leaving. I thought I was leaving from Beastie. Like, <laughs> I started putting Yo. fake fake joke, dog chains on, I was breakdancing, my mother bought me the soundtrack. But on top of that, Gary Bars is a legendary jazz musician. And one day I woke up and this nigga's at my house. I ain't know mm. who he was, right? So he's living at my house. My mom's, that's her friend. So his son, Farid, he, he came and started living with us and he had all types of hip hop and he used to play Run DMC a lot. Mm. And, um, you know, Run DMC from Hollis in my hood. So, I want to say Run DMC, Run DMC is my first introduction, but Run DMC is my first introduction. Then my cousin, he's in Georgia now, God bless my uncle that just passed away this week. Um, I went to bury him this weekend. His father, my cousin, he lived in Flatbush and he was older than me. When I used to go to the crib, that nigga had mad records. But <laughs> I'm talking about like, this was single era, like he had right. TFO, uh, pop, he had pop art records, like pop art shit. He had, the Houdini Ecstasy Escape album with the niggas with the jet. He had um he had the uh Diz Marquee with the black and white stripe record with the referee mm. shit, him and MC mm-hmm. shit. He had all of them and shit. Prism, Big Daddy came when he was on Prism and shit. Even niggas like Yellow Man, bro. So I was <laughs> sitting in that nigga crib and just listening to the shit all day while he born. And he was a graffiti artist. So he had black books and he would draw characters with pumas on him and sunglasses like wow. Ew shit, son. Yeah, so he, while he was gone, I was just sitting in there soaking all that shit up. And he had video music box takes for hours, and we gonna get to that later, because that's why, that's what leads me down to Ralph later on the line. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So that's like my first introduction. And just being from the hood and how I was hearing that shit off the window. Like, I'm a, I'm literally an 80s baby. I was born in 81, so yeah. that was the music coming out. And if it wasn't the music, Niggas was breakdancing to Lisa Lisa and Coke Jam and Comic Con with Camellia. Niggas was breakdancing to Boy George, my nigga. Yeah. They papers, right. yeah. 80s music, 80s music was groove music. It yeah, didn't it really matter what you were listening to. It always had a vibe, it always had a groove. I remember listening to Pat Benatar after listening to Run DMC. Mm-hmm. It was just it was a, a different vibe, son. It was a vibe. I don't know if y'all remember Last Dragon. Well, yeah, yeah. When the niggas break dancing in the movie theater, yeah. before showing up stomped on the on the on the thing, they was break dancing the rock and roll or some funk shit. I don't right. even remember. They was break. They was like going this. There was some funk music coming. I see. 
Yo, Nez. That's, that's my introduction, though, for real. Like, Yo, Nez. I, I thought I was one of the few people who actually appreciated the B Street soundtrack because you know it was my shit on there? The Cindy Mizell joint, This Could Be The Night. Thing with 
in the streets, the knowledge and wisdom and the knowledge itself, the teachings and the lessons has been disregarded. And the youngins, my age, I'm 41, my era kind of failed because they're trying to be young and keep up with the youngins. So the older ones was building with us and we got to see them, but my era wasn't really waving a flag like that. So by that not happening, the younger homies under us seeing that and they just started creating the shit which was the drill culture and all the other I call them sub genres of hip hop because there's no way in hell you could sing on the song and, and just sing and, and all this shit and they call it rap because they're not rapping they're not rapping you can make words rhyme together and put them in melodic form but rapping is a skill and it's about flows and cadences and so all that so it's an art so the new shit is a is a is it's, it's taken from rap and it's taken from R&B and like I would say Juice Worlds and uh, all these R.I.P. to him, all these dudes with the melodic shit and mm -hmm. it's it's a sound, it's a frequency that they're giving, but they're not really rapping. Yeah, yeah. So I can't really even call it rap, and they get categorized and all that, but that's like a subgenre, subgenre right, rap. Sub so yeah, yeah, yeah. Rap got subgenres now, which is like that's what I'm saying. even with drill, right? Real, they taking 90s shit. Shout out to my little homie Sony Bin Ladder from my hood. He started that as far as from what I've seen. He started sampling old 90s um, hip hop and outcast. Yep. Outcast and RB, any any type of fire shit and putting them in drill. And then the kids from the Bronx took it and ran with it. So mm -hmm. it's funny that they're incorporating the Sonic as far as sampling and all that. But oh, yeah. the messages that they're talking about in the song, they don't know how to put me, they don't know how to make me. No. I'm going to be honest. And I'm not taking them from them. They're doing a style which is new and it's modern because our grandparents and our father were like, oh, shit, the fuck is that? We like, nigga, this that shit. <laughs> so I'm never, I'm never the old, like, yo, that shit is horrible because I like it. Yeah. You know, listen to it. Yeah. This is what's yeah. going on. But they don't have nobody, they didn't have nobody to look up to or be in the studio for three, four years before they actually got their first recording. They just jumped on the computer at their crib. And they don't got no, they don't have no um, engineers really to, um, yeah. or no real producers. They just get beats and they rap, but they don't have an actual producer sitting here like, yo, rap like this, still, flow yeah. like this on that one. And that's a difference. A lot of these artists are not developed. They're just yeah. Um, yeah. viral sensations because they got a, a, <laughs> a nice joint and a right. nice, a nice um, song and a movie. But when you put them niggas on stage, they lip syncing. Oh. Yo, they look scared, it, like it, Ice Spice. Right? I mean, because Ice Spice, God bless the little, they put on Rolling Loud, she ain't know what to do. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yo, isn't it crazy though to 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 now like it's like how history repeats itself. Like, yo, we was listening to records and our parents was like, yo, that's such and yeah. such originally. Like, now I'm listening to the <laughs> point and I hear them sampling Mary J. You are everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Braxton, yeah, yeah, all of that. And the reason why that you are my everything is because I'm a producer too. I've been around in the industry. There's a format of. Uh, an old dude at a record store told me this years ago. He said, you guys are crazy. You want to make a hit, you have to sample a remake or remake a, a hit. Yeah. I'll give you the illest example and I'll go down the line. Lauren Hill did Kill Him Himself on a Foodies album and she sold Ooh. 20 million records. Yep. All the other songs was popping, but she did Kill Him Himself with Oh, yeah. Nigga Nas did Curtis Blow mixed with um, Houdini. Mm -hmm. That's his biggest record. Yeah, if I rule the world, yeah. yeah. Um, when Earth, Earth and Ashanti came together, they did Biggie over and um, they took Jay-Z, Can I Live Over and all that. Yeah. They took familiar songs and they did it and they enhanced it. You know what I mean? So I kind of, I'm kind of doing that now with a few artists that I'm working with. Cause I know that formula work. 
I'm taking familiar uh-huh. shit and I'm getting I'm juicing it up. You know what I mean? That's some new jack swing, 2000 shit, but that's like a whole nother level, but that's a key to making a hit. You can make an original hit, but if you look back in the test of time, that's why B Love hit. He's like, ah. they didn't care what he was saying. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the girls knew that, yo, my everything mm-hmm. shit, and that's all they can yeah. talk about. So it's it's it's, it's uh, the art of making music is different because well, it's, it's like a science because you know what I mean. We do the traditional yeah. way, but that other shit, these young homies is catching on and, and it's working for them. So you know what I mean. I don't I don't knock it, but I'm just breaking down the spectrum of how right. we started, the foundation. Now it's just subgenres and shit. Yeah. And if you see the BT awards, poor Pete Rock, he in the front, <laughs> he's trying to listen to Gorilla. She was like, F-R-E-E, fuck nigga, freak. That nigga Pete Rock was like this. He was trying, son. He was trying. That's my nigga. I love you, Pete. But I was just watching that shit on BT Awards. I was like, yo, it's the, 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 the coach is crazy. You got Pete Rock and the loud records niggas doing their trip. Then you got Gorilla. You got PSG Kodak. What yeah. the fuck is going on, son? A lot of niggas there's confused. But they did, so they trying to like soak in all this shit. So I think me, I'm a gap bridger. I'm trying to take the young niggas next year for the 50th anniversary. I got a few people at the labels and shit. I'm gonna take their artists and mix them with the, 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 the OG. That's hot. You know what I mean? My man Muhammad, my man Muhammad is Zool Warrior. He one of the head of Zool Security. He owns the name Hip Hop 50. Mm. So I'm trying to see how I can collaborate him and do some big events across the world and take the young niggas and move it. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. And guess what? They open to it. I saw a little Uzi at the Grammys one time in Madison Square Garden, like 2017. I went, my brother's a Grammy uh, member. He's like a treasurer now. He mm-hmm. was a governor in California. So I had this kid I got signed in Atlanta named Nucci from DC, check him out, Nucci. He's the, he's the problem. He's from the DC. He comes from the Oi Boy family. Thorough niggas from Barry Farms. I went out to DC, nigga. I was like, I'm with the right people, right? <laughs> like, we walked through stadium, my nigga. They shouted the whole team out, nigga. We had about all that niggas was moving out our way. Niggas was coming up to the table shaking hands. I'm like, oh, this is So free, bo- free my nigga Booby, man. Booby's from DC. He's in the feds right now. That's Lucy's father. He's an original Oi Boy. So the mm-hmm. Oi Boys was a movement out of Southeast DC, the Barry Farms home, which is demolished, I think, right now. And they had DC popping on some yeah. real street shit. And right, they right. Mike, Michael Beasley's related to them. I say that Michael Beasley house fucking with the niggas when he's playing for the Knicks. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, damn, son, nigga smoking weed, eating tacos for the chef. This is crazy, <laughs> son. Wow. Yeah. But anyway, I, I took Lucy to the Grammys and we bumped into the to little Uzi Bird. This is like when he first, like two years when he popped. I said, yo, come here, nigga. I said, yo, I fuck with you, bro. I like you, my nigga. Like, I don't know what it was. He's like, really? But long story short, I told Boozy that we fuck with him, and I'm the, the OGs. And he was like, yo, son, that's all I ever wanted, bro. That's yeah, when I knew dude. right there, we not going to talk at y'all niggas, man. Because I don't like that. Yeah. I ain't like when all the niggas be talking at me. Get the fuck out my face with that shit, nigga. <laughs> but if you talk to me, I'm gonna listen. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm more like a, I'm, a, I'm a gap bridger. I ain't see who's in a minute, but I got his number. I ain't calling him or whatever. But I just know that some of these young homies is willing. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And shout out to Rich, Rich the Kid. He DM'd our professor like three years ago. Like, yo, big homie, I want to work. 
It's, it's like what you said that a lot of older cats be coming at the young cats like okay i'm, I'm the old guy yeah instead of instead of trying to you know just talk to them it's easier to give somebody some kind of knowledge when you're speaking to them as opposed to basically telling them they don't know what the hell they're doing right. you need to listen to me so what's well, so it we were talking about how technology and different things change like how people record and the sounds and even the music itself like when you first started, mm-hmm. I'm sure it was different. You, you incorporate more technology now than when you first started. You still on an MPC or you a digital man? It's funny that you said that because I started on some dinosaur shit, bro. Like I remember, shout out to Royal Breed, man. That's the first group that um gave me an opportunity in the game. They come up under uh, Trev Trev Love from Ultramagnetics. They was signed to Warner Bros. I was on the album, and when we was caught, and these niggas had real to real. Uh, yep, we're just talking about that. <laughs> so I, I went from the evolution of real to reels from ADAT. Um, ADAT. After that, I was yep. doing eight track eight track oh. mini task damn shit. Okay. We went to ADAT and then the, the Pro Tools evolution. So the digital era, the audio, the, uh, the the analog era was very different from this new era because you had to be very mindful, skillful, mathematically, and really be. You don't have that much shit. You can't cheat like the Pro Tools. <laughs> so instead of doing one hook and then doubling it and placing them on each verse, mm-hmm. you have to do the hook three times. Then you have to sound yeah. like the exact joint and make sure it should sound right. And then they will cut the tapes and all that. So I would say making the music now is much more easy. That's why everybody does it. But the old school way to me, I think it's just more traditional is better because the vibe was different. Everybody was in the studio together. Niggas yeah. 30 niggas in the studio, the session better. It was more energy. Now it's like sending this vocal over here, send that, and, and, and it's still cool. Yeah, even no, though Rob you have, loving it. <laughs> Rob you have loving it. It's supposed to be done in unison, man, with a collaboration of minds, and that vibration rises. So when, when you're in the same, when right. you're in the same space, and y'all vibrating off of one another. The music right. always sounds better. Now, taking nothing away from you emailers. Don't hate me, yo. I'm just saying. <laughs> send, me a, send me a verse. You know what I'm talking about. Right. I want to so sit the, next the, to the, you. The Absolutely. So look, yo. to add on, when I was coming up with my homies, we was trying to outwrite each other. Meaning, if we sitting down together and we all writing, we trying to, we trying to, we was sharp. That's why Wu Tang was sharp, man. Everybody, cause we sitting there trying to out post each other, not cause I hate you, but damn, nigga, right. I want my shit sound. I ain't trying to be, the, you know what I mean? The weak link of the crew. So they also yeah. brought competition, and that's why New York is weak now, cause a lot of niggas don't be in the studio together trying to outright each other. So you know what I'm saying? It don't be like I'm trying to body this nigga on here. Nems be bodying niggas though on purpose. I love Nems. So he's on that traditional shit. He'll get on your track and body you on purpose. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, Yo, there's a few we was, we, that, but overall, making music is just 
it's so easy and it's so different. But I'm a hardware dude. I got the MTC 1000, which lost professor yeah. introduced me to. I started on the MP60. I don't know how to use the SP12. I'm using the MPC1 right now. But I'm converting it to digital, meaning I track my shit on the Pro Tools and I use the Pro Tools as my mixer, as stems oh, and shit you. like that. I'm starting to run it so I can enhance my shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yo, we was chopping it up behind the um behind the scenes when you sent me the um the pick for um for promo. Yeah. And you sent me the picture yeah, you had Bimmy yeah. in it, and I was like, yo, I'm a Bronx dude, but I know who I know who Bimmy is, and you was like, yo, this picture is special to me. Tell us why yeah. that picture is special to you and what it's like growing up in Hollis. So I don't know if y'all seen um Bimmy on the Map Hopper show. He was talking about his nephew. Yeah, I saw, I saw what he did. Yeah. He was talking about his nephew, what he did, what he did. He was running, he came home like, nah, I'm, I don't feel like running home, whatever. That's him. But I knew him since he was younger, and he broke Mike Will and he, um, raised from it. You know what I'm saying? My little homie Joe, Bimmy's nephew. Because he's just Walker's cousin, and 1017 was so lit, he was just on the side. He rapped too, so that, that picture's important for a lot of reasons, because a couple weeks ago was Farmer's Day, Farmer's Boulevard on in Hollis where LL Cool Day's from. And yeah, we had a, right. you know, it's like the sec, second thing was Farmer's Boulevard Day. So everybody was out there. And, you know what I mean? I, it was so much love. Me and Bim and Nephew and, and Joseph, the shit, I was like, nah, son. Bim being who he is, I'm being who I am and him. That was just like an ill unisys of, you know what I mean? Love and strength and, and a lot of history. So, you know what I mean? But growing up in Hollis, if you come out here, You'll be like, oh, nice. It's like South Central. Oh, it's nice. Motherfucking yeah. houses, niggas living good. You can go head bust. You can yeah. shit bust, bro. Like, I don't know what it is over here, but it's an aggressive environment. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people is aggressive over here, so everybody's on extra, extra edge and shit. So growing up, I live in a, a, a section of Hollis, which I'm in the new Hollis documentary coming out by DJ Hurricane for the PC Boys in Hollis School. Okay. And he specifically had me talk about my section, which is called Woodhall. And they call it Wood City now, Yellow Tape, because the young homies that's doing the drill shit. But Woodhall is an area, Nathaniel Woodhall from the American Revolution in the 1800s, he fought in my territory. It's like a, a land of, that was fought in war. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of serious and vibes over. He got caught oh, not too far from my crib. It's, I looked up the whole shit, like why my neighborhood is like this. We got his cannon in my school. It says Woodhall from, it says Woodhall and that was his cannon from the war, like 1860 something. I think he traded against George Washington or something like that. So my neighborhood Woodhall in particular has a war, a battle energy in it. So it's always aggressive. So I live in an apartment complex which is similar to like Park Hill in Staten Island. They're not projects, but they building. So surrounding my area is housing. So my particular environment was like, Project like because I had niggas outside the building, pissy staircase, pissy elevators, niggas stashing crack in the mailbox. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It was like real project life. So I thought about niggas be on the porches in their backyards <laughs> or be on the avenues and boulevards. So it was like an ill set. And, and then the magic was when DMC was out, LL Cool J's out. So I'm in my, in my hood chilling, run DMC, niggas might just pull up on the block with 40s niggas and just post up. Signing autographs and shit. He's like, oh shit. So, you know, I would say I, I'm traumatized to this day. A lot, of, a lot of gun violence, 
crime, crack, left, but at the time, a lot of history, a lot of music, a lot of people with Ja Rule from around the corner. You know what I'm saying? I seen Irv come through with DMX and them niggas back in the day to pick up Ja. You know what I'm saying? LL and Run DMC, seeing Ed Lover, you not too far. Like, my neighborhood's crazy seeing the reinsurgence of FUBU. Like, I had no, I said in my rhyme, I must be stupid if I wasn't getting in. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, what? You must be stupid if I ain't getting this. So, the influence of being in Hollis alone, and I'm not even talking about going to Jamaica, South, South Side, and Queensbridge, and all that surrounding area. Just my shit alone was just magical. Cause it's like, yo, this is still trying to Def Jam, Hollis Crew. It was just so much. Like, nigga wanted to be down with Def Jam since I was a kid, and then 20 years later, I got down with Russell Simmons. Yeah, how'd that come about? It was crazy. So hmm. I was interning at Devin, but before that, my school that I went to, I got kicked out of John Brown. John Brown is a high school law professor went to. I found out. Um, so many, I, I can't think, but so it's a school that's next to Corona, Left Back, and Elmhurst. So all the niggas from over there went to John Brown. But I went there because I didn't want to go to Jamaica. So I got kicked out of Brown, went to some alternative schools, and then I went to an alternative school that was opening an internship. And one of the internships was Def Jam. And my school was around the corner from Hot 97 on Hudson Street. Def Jam was on 190 Barrett. But they moved yeah. to 50th Street because Universal just bought the niggas at the time. Universal Music Group. So Def Jam turned corporate. And I went to 50th Street, which changed my life because um, that was where Murder Inc., Def Jam, and um, Rockefeller, Rock Riders started. We all was in the same building. And I interned for this lady, this white lady named Wendy. I never forget her. She said it's cold. I can't open. I'm like, please. I gave her a puppy face. She opened. She opened Def Jam up for me. I went there. She sent me to this lady named Dina Cosby. I love you, D. Thank you. She rocked. She rocked with international department, and she was cool with Lenny S, who I didn't know at the time who he was, but he would come through, and I'm like, who the fuck is this nigga? But anyway, <laughs> at the time while I'm up there, Ja Rule is signed to Def Jam and he's from my block and he's the hottest rapper. He sold four million records. Mm. I said, we Murder Inc. guy, nigga. <laughs> oh, I'm running a, Murder Inc. was on the 29th. Def Jam was on the 28th or 27th. Anyway, I found my way to Murder Inc. and his manager, Ron Robinson, my man Ron Gutter, he's from around the corner from me. I grew up with him. He got mm. caught up in the, 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 the um, federal case. You know what oh, I mean? Right. And thank God he stood his 10, 10 toes down. And he, you know what I mean? He kept it tall. Now he's a movie producer and all that. But Ron wound up being Ja's manager because they smoked weed in the hallway together before Ja got signed to Def Jam. And Ja took him on tour. And he just wound up being his manager. And then he wound up being his real manager. So I get up to the office. I see Ron. I'm like, nigga, good. I'm up here. What up? And he's like, damn, son. I ain't bring you up here. Fuck it. You good. So I start hanging up and learning ink every day. So, you know what I'm saying? I'm saying all types of shit. I seen Supreme like twice, bro. I seen Supreme, bro. And, you know what I mean? I didn't know who he was at the time, and he was like looking at me and shit. And I found out who he was. I, I was like, I ain't going up here no more. Not because I was scared. It was just the, the energy. <laughs> the energy, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? And we wound up getting raided by the feds not too long ago. So let's fast forward. So I'm up at Def Jam in the system. My man Poop, I do music with. He's in my pool. He's working at um, uh, Gym. What's that shit called, man? It's one of them gyms. It's not Crunch Gym. It's some Planet Fitness. gym with an S in Manhattan. What's it called? Equinox. Planet Fitness. It's another one. It's Equinox. Mm-hmm. That Equinox Gym. So this dude named Kenny Lee comes to 
Kenny Lee is Russell Simmons' driver for 30 years. He just retired. Kenny Lee just turned to my mom. Oh. Like, so my man Poop talking to Kenny by the fault. He's like, yo, this is my man. He got music. I had it on the CD at the time we were pressing CDs. He's like, Lord, Ness, Ness call? Call him by my government. I know that nigga since he was a kid and his brother. <laughs> Kenny come. I'm like, yo, Kenny, I'm back. That's damn son. Yo, word, I'm going to come through, pick you up. Come through, we start smoking. Second time he comes to Dev, he picks me up in a Benz first. Second time he's in a Navigator. i never forget, Silver Joint. He's like, I'm coming, I'm going, I got to go pick up Russell, come on. I said, what? He can pick up Russell. Russell hop in the back seat. He said, yo, Russell's my little man from the hood. He nice. He's like, oh, yeah? Let me hear something. With lit. He's like, oh, yeah? Let me hear something. <laughs> so, so, I spit. Like, that was the last round that I was ever going to rap. He said, oh, shit, you don't want to live? He said, oh, shit, you don't want to die? You want to live? I was like, what you think, nigga? He said, yo, I'm about to get my man Glenn. Glenn Friedman is the first photographer of Def Jam BC Boy. He's like one of the first photographers in Russell's food, documented, mm-hmm. all that. Ricky Powell, all the niggas before Ricky Powell. So Glenn comes in. I didn't know who he was at the time. He said, Glenn says you're nice. Talking with you. I spit. Nigga Glenn looked at him, shook his head. Next you know I'm at this crib, son. And um, <laughs> right before 9-11, this is the two, two, three days before the tower fell. He lived across the street from the towers on top of Burger King. We oh, smoking a blunt, I'm smoking a blunt with this nigga. We take a pull. So when the towers fell, I'm panicking, calling this nigga like, yo, that nigga moved, son. All I'm gonna say is this, the inside or the inside told a nigga to leave. How about that? So when mm-hmm. Tower fell, he already was gone. See, you know what I'm saying? So that's how deep this shit runs. Like, so I got down with him, and I think I thought he was gonna sign me. Which, if I were to play the right, probably would have happened. But he had me doing music. I did a song for him. He loved it. And then I just started wind up being working at Russian Fat Farm. And then I guess. But it was good. I'm glad he did it because he trained me for the business. So I learned how to make clothes. I was working at Fat Farm. I was working with the head designer, my man Kevin, who's the head creative director of 300 Entertainment now. And mm-hmm. Kevin did the Baby Fat logo, Fat on Flat. He did everything. He generated over a billion dollars worth of sales for his design. So Kevin's like my best friend. So he taught me how to make clothes. So all I wanted to do is rap. And I'm like, yo, that telling me, they were saying I'm signing Def Jam, explaining me, but I never signed a contract. But my dumb ass didn't be patient and Russell dropped the music group later. But long story short, I wowed out. A few things happened to me and Russell bump heads and he let me go. And um Damn. I was on my own after that and Prodigy pulled me up. Because mm. prior to that, Prodigy wanted to meet Russell Simmons one time and I didn't know that Havoc shot one of the niggas by accident in Def Jam when he was a kid in the stomach. Yeah, 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 yeah. I heard that story. Yeah. <laughs> so I heard that Russell story. hated my beat because of that shit, bro. I didn't know that. Russell hated them little niggas, man. And yeah, they I'm went up there to play their music. They went up there to play their music, and he clapped. Well, it was an accident, though. You know what I'm saying? It was just showing the gun. Like, Yo, it's a boom. He was like, Oh shit! And that's when they run into Q-Tip. The Q-Tip was outside and shit. After they ran, he's like, Yo, what y'all niggas doing? And Q-Tip took them under the wing and shit. That's a whole other story, though. But Russell hated them. So I'm like, Yo, they want to do a mob deep singer because I'm at Alchemist first. Um, I called Alchemist Crib one day and Big Twins pick up the phone. I said, yo, this twin, your voice, I know who you are. And then 
It was like, yo, P wanna meet you, son. Mm. I brought P up to Fat Farm. I mean, yo, P loved me so much. I, I, I introduced him to Russell and run the same day, bro. He knew him, but it was just an ill shit. He wanted to do like a mob beat Fat Farm nigga. But Russell was like, fuck, I ain't doing that shit. So wow. I was fighting for that shit and then go out. Me and Pirates did the You know what I'm saying? Me and P wanted to mad tight someone. Russell let me go. P had his situation with Job Records um, at the time when he was doing the um, America's Nightmare. Yeah. And I was fucking with Infamous and shit for a minute. And then, you know what I mean? I fell back. And at that time, I was I was doing, I did a song with P. We did Beast of the Rhymes over. I did a song with Capone and M1 from Dead Fred and a few. So I had some ill features. This was like 04, 03, 05. So then later on down there, um, I did my own thing and then he signed a G unit. And um, that I, I wasn't around for that time, but I seen him. So one time I seen Pierre from the Def Jam. He's like, yo, son, I'm about to have a meeting with Jay-Z. I said, what? He had a meeting with Jay-Z because they got Sam Scarf was on the Def Jam at the time. You know what I'm saying? So that was crazy. And, um, you know, he got locked up around 209 for the hammer. And one time he invited me to a big family dinner. And it was like an intimate dinner pause. And when he got locked up, I said, nah, son, um, it's, I'm going to make sure that I, um, oh, I can't forget this. On top of that, the first person to take me in after I stopped working for us was Nori. Can't forget Nori. Doug Dabble Entertainment, he had a studio called The Hood Lab. I seen Mariah Carey buy the beef from Scran Jones, pick the beef from Scran Jones that day. I was there. But Nori had a studio and he loved me and he had me around. And um, uh, CNN Nori had a little break up after 44 years. <laughs> 44 years, man. So him and, him and Cone was having issues at the time. So Cone was doing Pain Time and Glory and then Nori did his shit. So I was like in the middle of it. And when I stopped, um, I don't know what happened to me. Stopped going to the studio. It wasn't nothing bad. But then Pone scooped me up and he was signed to Koch and I took him to Sam Ash and I, I told him what kind of photos and computer to get and I helped him record Pain Time and Glory that Oh no. Oh no, no, no. Nigga, that was a single, son, and 10, 20 years later got like TikTok viral, son. So yep. through all these shits after Russell, um, then I got back up with Pete and he we, we linked up for the dinner and all that shit. He went to jail. And then I got a letter from Mystic Correction. Saying Utica, New York, and that's where my mother's from. That's the hometown where all my aunts are from. They were. This about a bit. I used to go see my family. See, my family. That's what I did a song called "Hell Up on Corn Hill." Corn Hill is the hood in Utica, and my man right King Benny's from right Utica. Up, He's um, a producer. So. At a store right off of Genesee Street. Oh, Nine Street. Oh, Nine at Genesee. Genesee yeah. Street. Yeah. By, 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 the YM, yeah. by the YMCA. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I used to go there when I was a kid. That's, that's my mom's hometown, that's where all my uncles from. So, so I met King Benny, because King Benny was visiting Prodigy up there too, and he wanted to know my whole family. So long story short, I did the whole bid with Pete, three years, because my family was there. And I would go visit him, and then when he came home, I would, I would link up with son at the Infamous studio. And you know what I'm saying? My man Cooley that did the Yeezus joint, I said, yo, Cooley, man, come to Queens, bro. So my man Prodigy, it's up. It's called Creative Control. So basically, on the infamous shit we was at the studio, Cootie came through and did a vlog for us. And this is at the time we were streaming Insta50.com. And it's up. Creative Control presents Prodigy, welcome home. 
and I introduced mm-hmm. the shit. She was doing push ups and shit. You know what I mean? Yayo was there. And, um, moving forward, I introduced Prodigy to Beat Butcher. Yeah. Yo, you got a lot, of, lot, of, lot of relationships, man. You got yeah. a lot of relationships. Yeah, like, I, I, I didn't want to give you all of this because, like, the story's long. I wanted to bring this, like, a s- small story, but, you know what I mean? We're here now, but I seen people shit at um, Prospect Park one time. And I'm like, yo, son, I'm about to go to Mob Beat Studio right now. Are you coming with me? He said, what? Imagine somebody coming to you saying, yo, I'm about to go to GP right now. Come on. And you from London. You from another country and shit. He, he believed me, but he didn't. So I bring him to the studio, bro. They streaming live, bro, and this is 50. I said, yo, P, because I was telling P about P. Bushel in the jail, in the jail letters. I said, I, I met this nigga named Bushel. He's like Alchemist on steroids, which I feel he is. Alchemist is Alchemist, but P. Bush is like, a, this shit is like steroids, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Dark, like with his thickness and his heaviness. So, so this nigga played four beats, my nigga. What first one I think was Skull and Bones? Mm. Shut the whole studio down, son. And P rocked with him that first night and the rest of, the rest of history. So when P rocking with Flea Lord and all of them, you know what I mean? That's how Busher got him with Griselda and shit. Yeah. Yo, so it's lineage, but I low P orchestrated that shit from behind because before before Flea used to hang out with P and shit, I was around the studio and then I, I fell back, me and P bump heads. I'm, I ain't gonna get to it, but we made up the brothers bump heads and he mm-hmm. started hanging out with Flea and all of them, and um, I think he told him about Griselda. I'm not sure. I think P said, "Yo, go fuck with Griselda." You know what I'm saying? And and how that shit came about, and Beat Butcher started fucking Griselda because of the P shit. They heard, you know, they knew who he was. And he was the only producer that could make grimy shit but play it loud. He don't sample. Mm-hmm. Yo, yo, let me let you me. Know what I'm saying he's a real musician. Did you did you notice a transformation in P from before he went to prison to when he came out? Because I noticed I noticed a difference in him. Yeah. 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 Yo, so, first I, he I was that. he was hungry, he was healthy, he was big, and yeah, he yo, if God willing, if he was still alive, bro, he would have been on the top shape, man. Like he you know, P was on some shit, like his style evolved a little bit. You know, he felt got lazy supposedly at a certain time, but when he came home. He was on his shit. Hey, yo, he would read his book, and I do this technique. Uh, I took it from him. He read his book. He had books. Like, he wasn't no phone nigga. He would write on his book. And then when he rapping like this, all this shit, he have a little. He be like, he have like a little bop, and he rap. Then we rap, and it's a bop and shit. You know what I'm saying? I took that mm-hmm. shit and I picked that up. You know what I mean? That is just flawless, man. Watching my beat record was one of the best experiences I could ever see. Yo, P was on that. Low key, um, I helped A um, That's why me and him connected. Because we used to talk about that shit behind the scenes and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Supposedly, yeah. he wrote a letter to me that was exposing the whole shit, talking about Hove and all that. And the shit got intercepted. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I never got it. But he was talking about all that shit. But we used to talk about that face to face. But I meant to add on too. I, I helped AR, the Bumpy Johnson. On EP. <clears throat> oh, word? Okay. I don't know if y'all heard that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. man. When he first came home, he did mad songs and I sat with him. And I'm like, yo, you pick that, pick that one. That shit. You know what I'm saying? So 
I forgot about that one too, man. Oh, there's so much shit I'm missing out, but I was just going through the timeline. Bro, and then after peace situation, I met Ralph McDaniel. Yeah, man. And Ralph McDaniel came into my life. Uh, I reached out to him because I started Nostalgic. Like, that's my brand. Nostalgic started as a tumbler. And I wanted to pay homage to all the pioneers like Dapper Dan. Nobody was checking for Dapper Dan eight years ago. People walked I'm glad, I'm glad you mentioned that. Cause I all the people that do shit. I was gonna ask you. Yeah, nobody was checking for them. So, yeah, my blog post was dedicated. So I would just do like videos and like little write-ups on them, like, like a fake journalist. And then it turned into like um, I started, I started selling snapbacks, holler snapbacks. I said, yo, niggas wear Compton hats and they're not from Compton. Niggas <laughs> from, from wear Hollis hats and they're not from Hollis. Cause my mother's yo, son. That shit sold out like hotcakes. I didn't even know what to do, bro. Shout out to my man 40 Ounce Van because he inspired me. I seen 40 Ounce Van make $50,000 in two minutes off of his hats on Twitter, my nigga. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, oh, this is crazy. So I did the snapback. And then one day I read up on the snapbacks and I lost my shit. And Jersey being high with AG the coroner at a pizza shop. I left my shit. We walk in, I realized I lost my hat. I'm like, oh, I was gone. So that inspired me to make polos and t-shirts and like started embroidery on, on that so from the nostalgic shit then i took it to a step further i reached out to cootie from creative control and shit and i told him my idea i said i want to interview ralph McDaniel. i want to interview Abel walker and i want to start a nostalgic series low-key drink chances influenced by me i love you Nori, but that nigga <laughs> see me interviewing legends giving flowers to legends it's documented it's up there and Ralph's brother told me I'm the reason for the video music box documentary because I sparked the light. Wow. Of the niggas yeah. fucking around. That's a good documentary. Yeah. Doing that weird. By me and Cootie, we did. Boom. So I did the video music box joint, and I swear to God, my uncle that just passed away, he took me to see Ralph. And that's the same uncle whose son showed me the video music box pitch when I was a kid for hours. Mm. <laughs> so. I'm with Cootie and I'm talking about all this shit. So we do the drink, then I do April Walker. And um, the shit, it didn't do too good. Not too many views, but I put it out. And I wouldn't say I got discouraged, but I didn't continue it. Because I was planning on doing more and more motherfuckers. And then I discovered, I forgot what it was. It wasn't nothing bad. And then I just started doing the music. And then I get up with Lost Professor. You know what I'm saying? But prior with Ralph, Ralph put me on video music box. I was on his show at times, the nigga played my videos. I was doing Damn. co-hosting, anything I could do to help. I was like a fake intern for Ralph on purpose. I didn't need mm. to. But I wanted Ralph to know that, yo, son, I respect you so much. I want to learn from you. Anything I could do to help, I'm with it. And he made me video music box family to this day. Mm. And I'm on the mural. I'm on his mural. My name is Toxic Jenkins from on Massachusetts. It's on his mirror, bro, by the airport on um, Story Boulevard, bro. I can't even take that shit in to this day, like. So his documentary came out on Showtime. My man Eli, shout out to Eli. He did the Nas joint on 21st Street with the, with the Mike Tyson shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm saying? And he also did the Prodigy shit. Him and my man Jeff did the Prodigy mirror that got the face. So I knew Eli for a minute. So one day, God bless the dead, we had Sean Price mural celebration in Brooklyn. And he's like, yo, you can let me with Ralph, man. I got an idea. I want to do a mural. I said, what? 
Hell yeah, because I've been wanting to honor Ralph with a mirror. So he's working on a documentary at the time, and right, it worked right on time. He did the mirror and they put it in the documentary at the time. And um, Eli put my name on the side of it. I thank the Lord now. So yeah. I went from me and Ralph to um, interviewing him to actually wind up on his mirror. And then at the at the at the at the video music box premiere in Harlem with Nas, Ralph's brother pulled me to the side. He said, "Yo, this is all because of you." Mm-hmm. What? Nah. And this is Ralph's brother, son. Like you know, niggas be overprotective of their family. New niggas coming in and all yeah. that. Yeah. Brother, blood, brother, shout out to B Mac and the woman. He's like, yo, you said you started that. You set it off, bro. Mm. And it's, it's, I, I can't, I can't, I can't soak it in. I'm still missing shit out. But so after Ralph comes, me and Ralph lock. I meet Lars, but I knew him already. But it all comes from on Ralph because at the hip hop, we had some shit called the Brooklyn Hip Hop Festival. They stopped doing it, but we had it was big every summer. Yeah, I remember. Ralph that. had an idea to do live at the barbecue. We wanted to do live at the barbecue over. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So it was me, Eddie the Corner, my man Mike Hands from Brooklyn, Napoleon the Legend, my man um took Stamus from Brooklyn, Joe Fatal, and a few others in law. Yeah, man. So we rehearsed and we did live at the barbecue and I did so well, the nigga Law took a liking to me, man. You know what I'm saying? And that's the day I met West Side Gun and shit. Cause I told him all my family from beautiful. I knew Westside before all that. Not before him, but right before that, I caught up with him. I was at the first Fly Guy listening party, and then I ain't seen him. But I seen him recently. I said, "Yo, son, I ain't seen you since you got home." Niggas got home with like, you know what I mean? It was love though. He ain't act funny, but so I met him and um that same day. But moving forward, I was at the Soho House in Manhattan, Lost Pro. I never forget. This nigga come up to me and give me a CD with no cover. Or no case, just a blank CD. He was like, "Yo," he just pointed like, "Nah, that's you know me." So I was like, "Asia Corn." Nigga was mad cool. Nigga left like, "Yo, so we got large pro feet, nigga. What's cool? We we outside in the eighth um eighth old for five four in the morning. My nigga, it's mad cold listening to his feet. So I followed up with large and I started going to his house every day, and I'm part of the last era of the um, Queen's Lamb. Cause he's not there mm-hmm. no more. This nigga be beat for eight months and write rhymes. I got a whole album with him, son. I can hear it in your music. I got a whole album out there. He gave me mad beats and I recorded a whole album. But on top of that, I used to be at the other spot we used to be at and he had whole, all his records there. So one day I'm sitting there, I'm like, nah, son. Man, you be a fool, bro. You got you around laws and you got access. You got the actual record that was sampled by A. Hard to tell. You got the actual record that he. Mm-hmm. He coming to crib Thank one God. day. He said, yo, you. he said, yo, you did that. All that. So I'm making. He said, yo, you did that. I was like, yeah. He said, yo, that shit hard. Do it again. Do it again. Next thing you know, son, I'm at Q Tip crib. Word of my best. Uh, like 2019, it was his mom's birthday. He just motherfucker. Hey, and I played um a beat a few blogs well, like he put me on the spot. He's like, yo, play some shit. It's like, what? Damn, son. <laughs> he he's not aggressive, but he a b-boy. So he's like a b-boy, you know what I'm saying? So he's like, yo, son. So I play some shit. Man nervous, yo. The nigga tip start picking up his bass, my nigga, and start playing over my shit. And this is 
Like, wow. I would say I'm way better now, my nigga. I ain't gonna front. This was like my beast was hard, but the shit that I got now, shitting on that shit. So that put the ultimate battery in my back that day, done, and I left, and I'm here now. So for three years, I was just making beats in the crib every day. You know, vlogs mm-hmm. coming through, and I started laughing over my own shit because you know, not saying take it too long, but I was I was eager to put his shit out but he had me in training and I wasn't mm-hmm. I didn't know about it but it's, it, it was supposed to happen so I started doing my own shit so I made like three albums for my own beats and you can hear the evolution because I didn't know the mix I didn't know nothing but I was just like yo let me just do it so the NYC Native was just so special because that's like my third fourth album that I did fully produced but you can hear the evolution of it like like nah son and this year for me practicing and rapping over my beats to actually taking it serious I got my first placement as a producer. I did that's Iman cool. Thug intro. That's why I'm on yeah, it yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's hard. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Iman. My man Five Mikes. You know what I'm saying? He's he, he, he's something special. This story we talk about him long story short. He became a millionaire off of some stocks and other things and he invested in his career. He used to be fucked up in the streets. He came to New York City last year and shut the whole city down. I ain't never seen nothing like that in my life. Came to us, dropped two million on the town. Bought jewelry, paid for features, all that fat joke, made them terrorist fall. So long story short, I produced on his album. I like that New York shit, Yeah, you know what I'm saying? He that's why Diddy talking that New York shit, but five been on it. Like niggas be watching my man five mics and then you know what I'm saying? But that's another story. So Lord Jamar was is a mentor of five mics, so we in the studio. And let me tell y'all niggas that got big ass studios. How y'all gonna have these big ass studios and a great man like me brings my beat machine and I'm trying to load my beat machine so I can track the beat properly. Y'all talking about y'all ain't got no wires or you don't even know how to- They don't got the wires or connections. (laughs) You know what you're talking about. They don't got the wires or connections. (laughs) (laughs) It was an $80,000 studio, it was plush, it was all white. It looked like you could be in fucking in the sprint or some shit like it was like just some plush shit right you know what i'm saying and the homie's like nah i don't even know what this is i think it's a beat machine bro it's called hardware they're looking for hardware hook it up to the software Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so i can't do no audio out my beat machine pops like yo i need some beats load me up so i got I played my beat machine through headphones and Lord Jamal's right with me. Shout out to Lord, we two Lords. That's the original him and Finesse. I played Five Lights Fast Tempo. The song that I gave Five Mics was the song that I did, right? When you see me come and get the fuck out the entrance. I sampled um, Ghostface and I took the electric rhythm hit him drums that Lars Pro did. Mm-hmm. Ill, like, mystical sample. And I did a song to her. I was going to put it on New York Native. But I sacrificed. Mm. For some reason, my younger self would never have done it. But me being older and mature, not holding on and being attached to my music, yeah. knowing that it could possibly be something else, I said, yo, Lord, I might have something. I played the beat for Lord Jamal. He said, that's it. Give it to him. So now we trying to transfer, convert the beat. These dumbass niggas don't know how to, you know what I mean? I wanted to track the beat, but it was two tracks. So I had to send a nigga the MP3, son. And they crushed um, and all that, but five did the damn thing. You know what I mean? I was tight though. I'm like, nah, nigga, it's supposed to sound bigger. Like, uh. So yeah. five mic shit came, and then nobody knows this. This is the first announcement. I think it's coming out this month. 
I'm on Onyx's album coming out. I got three. Oh, yo, congratulations. You know what I'm saying? Thank you, man. Thank you, man. Yo, yo, you got yo, you got me hyped. Play some play some joints. Play some joints. Let's you got, do it, man. So, to hear Fred Jones with Sticky rapping over my shit, bro. So that's where that drink champ oh. shit coming in the play. Because I went with Bionic to Rock the Bells. Fredro brought me to Rock the Bells. Also, this a real nigga. Like, Yo, come on, son. Coming with us. So they rocking at the end. And I'm standing there watching them interviewing Nori from the hood. The hood lab, they... I interned at... I never told you that, but I interned at Penalty Records before Def Jam. I forgot about that. So I knew Nori was just a little nigga. So I interned at... he came out, I was interning Bags. I remember he bought the silver GS Lex and all that. So I was there and you know Lord Superb was around Mega, but I had disappeared when he saw me with Russell. He said, Yo, you that you an ill nigga. So that's how, you know what I mean? So he haven't last time he seen me when I brought the kid Nucci to see him, because I wanted Nucci to see Norby and get a pep talk. We saw him at the W Hotel, took a picture and he he get, he was proud of me that I got somebody signed and he was just giving Nucci a pep talk like yo. I mean, you with Lord, I got you. And um, I haven't seen him since. So I'm sitting in the crowd watching this shit. He's like, yo, oh, that's Lord, man. I didn't think the nigga was going to stop this shit mid-taping. And I thought they was going to edit it because they stopped the filming. Yeah. Bro, that nigga showed that love, son. And it was like, wow. Fred was like, yeah, son. He came with us, dog. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but me and Fred were connected to my man Mustafa. Me and Fred knew each other, but my man Mustafa, he was like Steve Lobel. We working, the ball had to do on Instagram. That's partner with Bernard. Steve Lobel's from Holland. So my man Mustafa used to hold Steve Lobel down on some gangster shit. And Mustafa was in New York and he passed away this year. So Fred was at the funeral. And the next day, Fred came to my crib. Son. We made the beat together. We met my mom. She said, Quincy, cute. She called a nigga cute from Moesha and shit. She's mad happy. My mom's done met everybody. Everybody done came to my crib, all that, but that's another story. But my man, me and Fredro got mad tight. And one day, he sent me some acapella. He like, yo, son, niggas did these beats. I don't like these beats. Let me see what you can do to them. And I made three beats around the acapella. That's what's so wow. special. I, I made these shits on the spot, like, cooked it up. And me being an honest fan, I wanted to tap in. I got so, some niggas yeah. sounding like 90-something, man. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, my God. I met Sticky I for the first time. He was like, oh. Yeah, and when I met Sticky, Fredo was like, yo, that son that did the joints on the new shit. He said, oh, what? Those some of the joints on the album. I'm like, oh, man. Yo, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? So um, I got some new things coming up. <laughs> You heard your impression. Yo, that's so another point. gift I got. So I can do that. I'm not iller than Jamie Foxx, but I got niggas down pat. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Yo, I'm good at shit. shit. So yeah, I, I play these beats, man. But we could we could keep going. There's so much elements that I missed out, but I'm high. You know what I'm saying? Smoking and just but, but it's it's a you lot, could, man. You know what I'm saying? We could we could go through a loop. Say that again. I said you produce all your own shit. Then. I can play some beats. Yeah, the last four projects that I put out, I did all of them. So you I must mean, have been busy, bro. In 2000, in 2020, during the pandemic, you put out five projects, bro. 
Listen, bro, and I like I, yo. I love I love them all. You know, from Welcome to Queens all the way to Liverpool. Oh, the only Lider. one. Thank you, man. The only one I didn't fully produce. I only did one on that one. Was 2020 EP, and the reason why I did 2020 because I wanted to document that year. Because it was the L year, so I started off with a song called New York Drill. I did that on purpose, but. I took a drill sound to hypnotize the listeners, but I was talking about y'all niggas need to stop killing each other, y'all wowing. You know what I'm saying? So that was that was that was that was the message of it, speaking from the OG. And at the time it was only the wolves and the chews. We didn't even get to the Bronx yet. So that was a small EP. And then I did two projects called Transition and Evolution, which I could be from the internet. And I was inspired by an icy swap and he fucks with Divine Council. They like some young niggas from Atlanta, and they did a song with Andre 3000 called December Remix, and that shit was so banging. Like I'm low key, I'm a boom bap nigga, but I'm into all types of shit. Like I like just fire. Like it don't matter yeah. what region you from. It's dope, it's dope. Into it. So I used to try. It's a trippy producer, and I kind of wanted to make a, a project that sounds current or sounds like now on purpose right. for myself, because I want to be put in the box. It's not about old. Staying to your lane because I feed my fans. I'm a boom bad nigga, but at the same time, I just wanted to show my evolution as an artist. That's why it's called Transition to Evolution because I made the transition to the evolution. Those two covers, I'm in Cali looking at palm trees. It's just like, the whole vibe is like different. So I didn't produce none of that, but everything else from like 2018 and up, I did all of it. Queens, Welcome to Queens, one, two, three. Mm. Um, New York City, one, two, three. Welcome to Queens EP. I didn't. I, I did like two beats on it too, but everything else is just me working. So I would. I must have recorded over eighty beats, bro. Ninety mm. beats. <laughs> you got a lot New of York stuff. native, you can hear the. You can hear the growth. Which I like about New York native so much because I took my time. I took my time on the other one, but you, I really took my time as a producer. And mm. you can hear the growth. And Robert Gaines told me I was my. He's like, nah, son. I listen to that shit, son. And even my streams, I'm not into it. I don't stream that much as a whatever. I don't care about that. But I noticed that shit is different. You know what I'm saying? So if I remain consistent, I'm 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 gonna be on to something. Yeah, you, you know got the right trajectory. So I also want to invite y'all if y'all are in the tri-state area um, around this time. I have to put the flyers, but it's another debut announcement. I'm doing an event, my first event ever. I could have been did it, but it's called Lordness and um. Legacy presents smoking beat. The niggas gonna be coming through smoking weed, chilling, listening to beats. Oh, and it's gonna be hosted by M1. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, M1 from Dead Press is hosting it. And Large oh, is gonna be DJing. And he might do, wow. he might do a little secret. He might do a little set with the beats too. But we're gonna have a production. We're gonna have a a, a beat competition, and the winners have a session with Dead Press while they work on their new album. Potentially wow. might get a placement if they if they rock with it. So yeah, we started a movement, y'all. Um, shout out to everybody doing anything. But in New York, the coach is so segregated and all that. We need we need a new place where all the creators can come together and 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 is build with each other. It's not just for producers either. It's for MCs. Just create people who just like to smoke weed and just vibe like out. And I got yeah. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got a feeling we might make history that night, son. Damn. Large got his network, and one got his network, and I got mine. So when we put the fly out, I don't know who's coming. 
Mm. Niggas is popping out. Niggas, oh, y'all invited exclusively, you know? Yeah, nah, when I get I the flyers it. made and all that, um, yeah, this is the first time I ain't even announced it because, you know, I'm learning can't announce nothing until it's dead and the motherfuckers got juju, do all types of shit, fuck your shit up, bro. So I'm <laughs> keeping that- y'all too. When it's, when it's stone, that's when you move forward, but never, you know what I mean? And you don't even got to talk. It's the accuracy, but while we're on here, we're talking, you know, people will be watching, I want to promote it. So this will be my first event. I know I've been in the game 20 something years, never do it in the event. It's time now, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's dope, man. That's dope. So we can play some beats if you want. I don't know how much longer y'all got. Right. We got like we got like ten more like ten more minutes. We can go to the core mega listening party and shit. Let me see what I got. Let me see what I got. I like my piece talking to you. I like that you can talk to you. That's the hook right there. Okay, I'm right. Woo! Like how you said, you said you sampled the whole piece in Cadillac. Feel me? Like that baseline rock. Oh. Oh. Now say, yo, it's all about programming, right? When I program, man, I like using like I don't like my beats to be boring. So I like, you know what I'm saying, making this shit take you in different directions. So let me see. Shout out to Nation Smooth.
the smooth delay. Yo, you know what I you know what I noticed, Nez? I listen I listen to your, your catalog and what I noticed is that yes, the the like the progression in terms of like the sequencing, like as you as you've gone along, I see like the difference in like the sequencing, um how you call it your beats. Yeah, that's that's yes. the high color, like you, you see the growth. Yes, you, you can hear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The the growth, man. So this one is um Oh man, like that's why the the uh the the, the joint the joint I did uh the Peter uh, the, the B boy shit that was like yeah, I love that beat. That was the growth for me. Nah, what the fuck is this shit? Check Yo, this that, shit. That, this is crazy. That I this shit from a girl named Cookie Kawhi. It's crazy. Right. So I like making fusion shit too, right? But I say fusion, I like taking boom bap shit, fusion it with new niggas. So I, I took Travis Scott. And, and mix them with some boom bap shit. Enemy to go. 
mic right there. Yo, y'all noticing the different styles too that I'm coming with is all different styles like Yo, 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 Nez. You, we gotta, yo, Nez. We gotta, yes, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta end the stream. So give um, give some shout outs. But I wanna, I wanna build with you behind the scenes when we, when we get off. Give some shout outs real quick before we end the stream. All right, damn. To be honest, with you, I just wanna shout out all my friends and my family. If I say y'all individually, it'll be too long. I wanna shout out <laughs> first and foremost this wonderful podcast, y'all three brothers right here, you know what I'm saying, for being so true to the culture and just so being so real with it and just taking time to, 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 to hear about me and, and letting me um, tell my story on your platform. I'm blessed and I'm honored. I want to shout out the whole hip-hop community, you know what I'm saying? I want to shout out, um, you know, my neighborhood, Woolhole Ave, House Queens, the whole Queensboro, the whole New York City, everybody that's around the world, East City, East Town, that's trying to um, do great things with their art and and, 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 and and make a name for themselves. And the most important, it's about the message. You know what I'm saying? Because what we're doing is elevating. we building and we're not destroying. we adding on, subtracting, and, and we're doing this for the next generation to come. You know what I mean? So, shout out to my video music box family and shout out to my man Mega tonight, man. This is night. Celebrate, man. The realness. Thank you, everybody, Yo. for tuning in. We'll catch Big you next shout week. Shout out to Emo Dude.